Welcome back to Cold Beer Hot Tapes, episode 7. I'm Tim. I'm Kieran. And today we're going to be talking about spelling with three, I, uh, three L's. <laughs> three L's. Uh, spelling's Maisie Fly. Um, this one, uh, we've been uh, we listening to it just independently while we were doing a couple of other uh, episodes, but it came out February 22nd, so it's been about a month since it's been out, and... I, I think it has sneakily become one of my favorite releases of the year. Um, I actually had known nothing about spelling. Uh, real name, Tia Calbro. Uh She is both a master's student at Berkeley and a Oakland-based artist. And I'd say right off the bat, I think one of the things that I enjoy the most about her is it is incredibly difficult to describe the sound. Yeah, you've uh, mentioned it's like... You know, I, I I listened to this a little bit later than you did after multiple recommendations. Uh, but it seems like your description was it's kind of witchy um, in a way. I always I felt like this is a, it's a little psychedelic at times, but there's a lot of like clear cut. Not not actually not super clear cut, but like there's some easy to pick up like soul and R and B influences in there too. But overall, there's just a lot going on. Oh, yeah. And I I like that especially because, you know, you can see that there's a cohesiveness in the whole album. But certain tracks more than others have this, like, this is made to soundtrack a scene in a movie feel. Yep. I would, I would 100% agree. Like, these so- a lot of the songs, as we get into it, feel like they really cultivate a mood out the gate very quickly but also even the instrumentals on this have their own like emotional narrative you can kind of draw from the songs like very easily and it it's really fascinating because like i I find some it's a lot it's very synth heavy um and you know for the first half of the album it's like a lot of electronic drums a lot of like heavily layered synths and it's not like the most diverse album from an instrumental perspective like overall but still she does an amazing job of like really cultivating that just the mood and how this could plug into a narrative and um it 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 does feel like this could really plug in some soundtracks oh yeah a lot of like creepy 80s movies yeah i i really think she could score a movie just like even every time I listen to this, I kind of come up with some other just completely like out of out of this world kind of screenplay that can pair with it. <laughs> like especially on um, Dirty Desert Dreams. Yeah. Dirty Desert Dreams really feels like like all right, the protagonist of whatever film is is going back to face whatever issue they left behind and are now like growing as their own character to face their fear or whatever it is. Well, you got like a really like, yeah, no, niche like, uh, <laughs> it was... scene for that. So, like, every, it does feel like it's its own vignette, a lot of the songs. Yeah, like even though, like again, like sonically it's really cohesive. Um, I'd say she kind of, it's not even like they're non-existent, but there's not as much to dig into lyrically. No. And, and part of that is also because she really plays around with her voice a lot. And it's not, at the, and this is a, one thing I do like about the album, but also I feel like draws away with it. Her voice is interesting, but it does take a backseat on a lot of these songs because you have quite a few instrumentals here. 
um, and a lot of like interlude pieces, like you know, melted wings. Um, a lot of even like the longest song on the album, Under the Sun, has a pretty like her vocal, her vocal, like uh, her vocals on that song are good, and the the chorus is memorable, but they take a backseat to like just heavily layered synths and instrumentals. Yeah, and you could say that for most of this album. Um, I don't think the lyrics are necessarily an afterthought, but they don't really click too much. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I guess um, my thought is, I don't want to say completely an afterthought, but like they might just be too abstract to really latch on to. Yes. Which does fit the overall vibe of the album, but I feel like that might have been a missed mark because I don't know what to take away with a lot of these lyrics. Yes. And now, and especially you bring that up because. Uh... Just doing doing due diligence and looking the, you know, a little bit more about her background. Um, I think one of Vice's subsites premiered Haunted Water, and apparently it is tied to the Middle Passage. And lyrically, you can't hear almost any of that reference at all. But you know, when you makes think about, sense. When, yeah, yeah. you think about Haunted Water and it's like the sonic textures of the song, it makes more sense in context. But a lot of it is lost, and the fact that at its worst, sometimes vocally, she kind of sounds like that Fiona and Apple knockoff of that one episode of Bob's Burgers. And I know that's a very, <laughs> very, very specific comparison. But I don't think it's so much of a detriment because I feel like her voice is doing exactly what it wants to. But at the same time, when she does go for like a straight-up normal kind of vocal take, she kind of sounds like Yukimi from Little Dragon. And I think which is not a, which, which, has a really great a voice. So, yeah. So I I really do like that she kind of switches between that interplay of, you know, hamming it up, and we're just watching her two music videos for that she had put out with the album, uh, one for Under the Sun and one for Hard to Please, mm-hmm. and just based on that, I can tell she's a showman. Yeah, or no woman, excuse me, but um, just like you can tell that she just feeds off of performing and really leans into the spelling character and. You know, those kind of exaggerated histrionic vocals kind of emphasize that more than something more straightforward could. Yeah, and like even watching the music video, not that um, I highly recommend watching both of them because you could tell she has a real sense of her own artistry and everything that she does does not feel like... I guess there's no, like, wasted breath on this album in terms of everything. Like, everything feels very... Uh, purposeful and and precise like there was a clear thought behind this and even like watching the music videos like it may not be clear to us as like with the haunted water lyrics right out the gate but it still does feel even at its most abstract feels like it's coming from somewhere from somewhere that it was really thought through and i really enjoy that um everything's just very evocative as as we've discussed thus far even like visually um so it's always it's really interesting to see how she just manages to like create like this she feels like a true artist and a creator even outside of just music um judging by the visuals that are done here so even as abstract as it can get and sometimes hard to latch onto it doesn't feel um like pointless yes. which is, which is which is really good so it's like i may not get this um and i'm admittedly someone who doesn't like latch onto lyrics a lot of the time anyway 
um, or at least first. So even like when it feels at its most dense, and, and you may feel a little not like it doesn't feel alienating or like obtuse. Yeah, which is which is which is really cool. Yeah, and now this is going to be a very weird comparison, and I, I think we're going to keep going back to Under the Sun a little bit because it really just feels like the centerpiece of the album, and that it's the longest song, and as you said, the most like fleshed out. Yeah, especially in, like how the intro synths come in and before like the the melody comes in, I felt like this song really felt like the Yin to Ain't It Funny by Danny Brown's Yang, in that. It's synth heavy and electronic heavy, but whereas Ain't It Funny comes in and is super brash and in your face, mm-hmm. this is really mellow but like vibey. You can dance to this and you can't really dance to that, but also just the way the synths that were chosen on both kind of overlap, and that's why I feel like I keep making the connection back to them. And I even like listen to both of them back to back because they're like, like, oh, am I just making this up? But like no, I, I kind of feel like there's a there's a mild connection, even though I mean, Anus Tony's like two two minutes forty five seconds. This is like six minutes. But you go back and listen to it. Trust me, it's yeah. one of those like it's yeah. a weird uh, it's a weird comparison to make. But interesting. Yeah, I haven't thought about that in a while. Um, the one thing that really stuck out to me with this song was uh, I really like the voc- the core vocal melody because it kind of gets placed in different spots throughout the song. So it comes at, like there's like a really um, like lush synth like um build up and intro to this song has a really like interesting uh like every everything is synth the bass line the core melody building yeah. up the song and it, and it's they're really heavily layered um there's like a lot of texture to it the synth bass line is like really cool um funky and it has like a you know it builds up for a little bit, has like a string section towards the end before the vocals come in. Um, and this is like where the song really like hooked me in because it was a very dramatic build up. And I, you know, talking like thinking more like it feels very theatrical. And this isn't the only song on the album to do this, but this one just feels like the most drawn out and like the biggest idea in my mind because it's like the, it's the longest song. And then. You get the vocal melody, which is really interesting, and it's placed. It's the same melody through different parts of the song, but it's contextualized differently. Um, whereas, like in the beginning, it comes in with like a very dramatic buildup, and it's like a more like a higher tempo. And then at the back end of the song, um, it really, like, calms down and like, yeah, play, it, it, it's like, like a, a decrescendo. Kind yeah, of it's like a much yeah. like slower. It's much softer as opposed to like the very like pulsating and like dramatic synths at the beginning and then it kind of goes out in the end on a softer note um i feel like the lyrics in the song have like a lot of astrological themes under the sun um you know in terms of luck and kind of like predetermination i guess um which seems to be astrological you're you're, uh, you're inner calvinist all right yeah no no but like you know in terms of astrology and like how the sun and stars affect and things like that again i don't really know that much about it i, I wish i did I'm, I'm trying to learn more um but uh, that's what that that was that that's what the lyrics in the song sort of evoked for me um but the uh you know dramatic build to the last chorus and the the, the chord like the vocal melody there is the same as the beginning um but it's just contextualized in a much like slower softer um the more m- morose sort of ending to the song but even then like has there's like two very separate dramatic builds in the song at the intro and the outro to the same chorus essentially with the same melody 
but like the song manages to make it really really interesting um in the sense that it's essentially the same thing but they change the background instrument she changes the background instrumentation so much that like it feels completely placed in a different context um but still kind of threads that string throughout the entire song and it the song takes a few turns and i I found that really interesting because it just again very theatrical and keeps you on your toes and that's what made this song so interesting to me cool catchy core melody placed in a bunch of different spots with a bunch of wildly different synths and it just yeah it was it was interesting it was like it was six minutes and it's a ride it really is in that like just the mastery of just build up because i think the first actual melody comes in like 30 seconds into the song and by then you're already kind of like your head's bopping because like the synth bass is really good it just like there's a good variety of instrumentation on it and it just feels very earned by that time like all every all the instruments come in the end like that's your back to the build on feels like a really cool payoff and I, i i loved it personally that was this was like the high point of the album for me by by a margin it's really good yeah like i yeah this is also my favorite song but i'd say the other songs that i I was gravitate toward uh listening to it um all the other times were hard to please reprise and i really like that one yeah that one and um dirty desert dreams because both of those are songs that after about the first half um you said before most of the drums are programmed, but then about halfway through, I the album, I, I had the same note yeah. and hard to please. I, I was I was thinking this that like, the first half of the album is all drums, and then sorry to interrupt you, but that, I think that's the first song of the album that actually used like a real drum like, kit. Live drums, yeah, and, yeah. And then when that comes in, it then sets a, a really really good contrast of like the wall of synths kind of rolling around in, but then. The live drums really just give it that like. It cuts through so well. Yeah, it's just like it just really hits in that kind of you know when when you hear your live drum, it kind of hits you in your spine. Like it, it, it's just really good and hard to please. The first or hard to please reprise is the first part where that you, you get that. But then um on desert uh, desert God, it's a real tongue twister. <laughs> Let me just make sure I uh. But it's Dirty Desert Dreams also really comes in hard with like the drums are really crisp and clearly human. And when yeah, when you're used to hearing the program drums enough, you then really notice how much more a live drum can add to it. Like remember a couple of years back we went and saw like Mick Jenkins. Yeah. Like, man, like these drums are really hitting and we glanced off stage and he had a like a live drummer drumming along to all of the what were the program parts? The Middle East in Boston. Yes. Middle East downstairs. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I agree with that. And um, to go back to Hard to Please, the, the reprise is, um, you know, you have those very straightforward drums or live kit. It's a little jarring after hearing the whole song without them. Like the drums take are, don't feel very present through most of the first half of the album. And um, when they do, like the song comes in, she has like probably her most straightforward, like, you know, singing on hard on hard to please the reprise because there's an interesting core synth melody kind of like slowly paced drums and they still cut through really well even though they're yeah. like very down tempo but like her soul like she sings with like it's very soulful on this on this song and it really cuts through because it's the first song that really uh 
It almost feels like it almost feels like this is the like second act of the album, yes. and this one kind of comes in where it's a little like it's much more zone like keyed in and like and like zeroed in on her vocals, and she comes through with like a what feels like almost conventional R and B uh, vocals, but it's it's and it's even even lyrically because um uh you know the hard to please uh notion of like just hard to get get to make this person happy but like um really interesting uh chorus and melody and this song is very vocally driven and she's i think this is the best song for her um she, she shows her range and like ability to really like stretch out a vocal melody for an entire song which she doesn't do on the rest of this album which makes it feel extra deserved yeah no <laughs> it does like, all right yeah, all right here's here's me fucking with fucking with like song craft and like build up and everything and then she shines the spotlight on yeah, herself. Yeah, so in then song. just it's doing really that, like the payoff is even better. They're like, okay, no, like she can and does sing straightforwardly very well when she wants to, and then it's earned in this case. And I feel like how how the like album progresses, I feel like that's also where like okay, like here's where this this whole album could probably soundtrack a, a film. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like that was like okay, no, like here's here's the character doing some navel gazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like you know, they think it to themselves on a drive. But yeah, I, I'm telling you, really, like Jordan Peele, if you want some uh some great young talent to score one of your horror movies, she could she could do an episode of a Twilight Zone that he's doing, oh and God. it would be perfect. I and also sorry, we got I gotta go back to the drums thing because there's like. You know, we're talking about the split between live kit and then the electronic kit. Um, I also, even though we talk, like, it gets better on the second half of the album, I agree. Like, you have songs like uh, Afterlife, which has, like, a really intense, jazzy buildup. But I just want to talk real quick, because we haven't, we haven't really discussed the song too much, Haunted Water. Mm. Um, I love the drum pad, like, bass kicks in that song, because... That song has, like, this really, and to go into, like, Twilight Zone creepiness, like, this song has, like, a very pulsing, creepy synth that, like, crawls along through the entire song, but, and then it kind of cuts, and, like, even the lyrics, like, Haunted Water, this song sounds creepy, but the one thing I love, and this is my, I even like the drums in this song more than anything else in the rest of the album, because, and it's just a real simple, just, like, high tempo like boop 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 with like with a drum kit yeah almost like a bounce song in terms of like how they're hitting <laughs> like the drum kit like the bass pad like really intensely but it cuts through the song and it feels like a heart palpitation yeah and and it really adds like especially that like soft thud of the bass kicks like makes it feel like a heart palpitation and it takes the song from being like kind of creepy to like holy shit frantic energy like my heart's running and it really nails that like intense heartbeat effect which was so fucking cool and like that i think that's like the second song on the album yeah. right and it like and, sorry yeah and the first song is actually pretty much an intro so this is like the first real song of the album so yeah it it really does set the scene really well like i think more so than any other song on the album haunted water feels the most like a seance yeah, it's fucking gripping how how creepy it is. Yeah. Like it really creates that like creepy frantic energy um that is so so cool and like the one thing I I just so impressed by is like it only re- like there's really not much other percussion on the song but like the song's so well constructed that just like one kind of frantic drum pad kicks 
like s- kind of sprinkled in throughout the song can like really change the emotional energy of it then- like significantly and that is so cool that she is able to like just take something so tiny and have such a precise action with it that like completely changes the energy of the song that and then just like building on that when like the first real synths come in it's a very high synth that if you're not paying attention it kind of sounds like a scream oh yeah yeah (laughs) 100 and of course now then going back to knowing that okay and like it's supposed to tie act to the middle passage then it all comes together like man this is just like masterful song craft in terms of 100 getting everything to evoke a specific thing and emotion um like every one of these songs feels like there's a clear idea behind it yes and and every and in the way it's like again we've said this again and again but like they all have some like it really can conjure up some like it's different for everybody but like real uh clear visuals in your head of what that like she sets the scene so well and it it's awesome yes and i think because uh, going back to some of um i i did listen to her first album um a few times um it's good but I could tell that just even seeing some of her interviews, she had targeted more of a danceable vibe for this. Mm. And I can say that I think she definitely kind of succeeded there because, you know, despite it being very creepy at points and being reminiscent of like a seance, you can still very clearly see like the disco influences all over the album. And it's like, yeah, no, I really wanted people to be able to move to this album because she said she didn't really see as much of that when she was touring off of her first project and like you know you're sitting there you're bobbing your head you're scared but like you're dancing a la like thriller uh if that's not a problematic reference to make but um it might be after some very recent revelations on that. but yeah it, it's really uh <laughs> she did say she was very influenced by off the wall uh in the construction of this but huh um it's it has it's just so weird that it it, it makes you kind of want to dance but also just makes you want to just sit there and like vibe with it at the same time you know yeah I mean? like there there is the the i feel like there is some pop sense like and dance sensibilities here but like i don't feel like they're super clear on the first listen the first time i like listen through this like you got to dig a little bit like it's not something that hits you right away yeah, yeah, and that's it's valid. Um, let's see, I think I, I think I touched on like all the things that really jumped out at me. Any anything else on your end? Um, you know what? Like, I really liked um, real fun. It's a really tense song, um, even though the name says otherwise. Um, it culminates with, like a really menacing, creepy synth solo towards the end. Um, and I feel like I've used the word creepy quite a bit on this album, but yeah, this album's a little creepy in a good way. Um, and then Afterlife, um, I love how they introduced, uh, or how she introduces the, like, kind of jazzy brass instruments that help build on that song. It takes a really, like, climatic, like, that song almost feels like the most climatic moment, climatic, climatic, climactic, climactic moment on the album. Um, really, like this intense like blast of horns very jazzy but also has like a real um like there's a real interplay between the synths and uh you know the jazzier brass instruments and it feel this one really feels like it's scoring a climatic moment in a movie 
and um, it's very intense, and it kind of takes you off guard instrumentation instrumentation wise because she doesn't really use brass instruments throughout it. But um, I guess that's one of the, the finer points of this album is it manages to continually surprise you and take different terms, whether it's introducing new instruments, um, trying to like set expectations. Um, and then quickly turning on them in terms of, uh, you know, instrument usage and also mood. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I don't really have too much more to say about this album, but I find it's a little hard. It's it's a dense listen. But it's I, not that long. But no, <laughs> no. It, it There's a lot to unpack. How long is the album total? Like 30 minutes, I think, or like a little under? Yeah. I, 30, I mean, 35, 40. Recent Spotify update got rid of that. Thing, Which is really I'm annoying. Very annoyed yeah. by it. Yeah. But yeah, it's at most 40-something minutes, but it like the longest song is six minutes. Everything else runs closer to about three. Yeah, um, but it, I I had to listen to it a few times. I didn't find it the most accessible thing at first. It It's, it's an album that I recommend listening to it not like on the train or commuting unless you're like kind of zeroing in on it because it requires your attention to get the most out of it, I feel. I agree. Um, yeah, it, it like it's not something you want to passively listen to. Um, it just it it you, to really I feel like to get the most out of this album, you really want to like sit down and really focus on it for the forty odd minutes it takes to get through it. But like it's good. Um, it cultivates some really really weird creepy vibes in here. Um, it's possibly one of the weirder, more off kilter albums I've listened to in recent memory. But that being said, I really, really like it, even though um, at its best, it's it's super evocative. It, it just paints a very clear picture of what the emotions behind this album are, and it, and it really grips you in and takes takes a lot of turns and surprises you, and that's awesome. Like, the song craft here is just really, really, really good. Um, and then at its worst, it just might be a little too dense at face value um but not in a bad way i I feel like it just it just requires your attention and i i appreciate that a lot yeah um this is my takeaway also is that um as you were just describing it like i feel like this is the closest thing i can think of of a oral a a u r a a l um equivalent of a psychological thriller and that like oh yeah it just it keeps you on your well, it keeps your ears on its toes, like through the entire time. But then, like the payoffs are really, really good when you get to them. But like you know, there's some some false some uh, MacGuffins to yes. throw some <laughs> red herrings. Yes, to throw you off the trail. But then when you get there, you're like, yeah, like which is especially seen on like hard to please or praise. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very excited to see where where spelling goes next because. Really, what I was left with this album is I don't really think there's many other people doing things like her. And, like, you know, Spotify has a little algorithm to try and recommend other things similar to and it. They got no, the they, algorithm's they just keep, got they playing, nothing. They keep playing her other songs from, like, her first album and other uh, Lucy's. So I think she's very much in her own lane, and I hope she continues to, like, carve it out because she's basically three-quarters of the way there already yeah there's some truly fantastically weird shit in here and it's a real it, it's unique it's and it and it's cool and i i'm just i'm like getting some really like generic superlatives here but like 
this is one of the better things I've listened to in in recent memory. I don't know if it's like the, it's not my favorite album of all time by any, by any means, but like this is a really interesting listen, and I feel as I feel like people should go take a listen to this. It's, it's yeah, I think it's the most out of left field thing we've talked about thus far. And yeah, it it has really stuck with me, and you know, I really cherish when I can't easily describe what an album is like and i think this is the first album this year that really was a challenge to describe even though i really liked it yeah i had to really sit down with it to like parse my thoughts on it because it's hard to it's hard to describe it was kind of a challenge for me to like figure out what's the best way to talk about this yeah because and it, it threw me through a loop for the honestly like this is probably far seven episodes yes seven, seven episodes thus far um this might sit like far and away the most interesting thing we've talked about. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. So that being said, especially if you're into more experimental, out of left field kinds of music, this is probably definitely up your alley. I call this a hot tape, hundred percent. It's uh, really, really good. <laughs> um, yeah. So spelling, Maisie Fly, Cold Beer Hot Tapes, Episode Seven. I'm Tim. I'm Kieran. See you next time. Thanks.